On today's episode, we talk to Chad Swanson, a close personal friend of mine, and Nate leaves me high and dry. Welcome to the Iron Right Tattoo Podcast. Yeah, oof! I'm trying to shake it <laughs> off. We clicked, we clicked record too fast, but we're running way behind this morning. We we're supposed to start recording 45 minutes ago. Yeah. I was late. Then setting everything up took 30 minutes because I couldn't find what I was looking for to set up the camera because the stand is missing mysteriously. So we had to jerry-rig something. Yeah, basically. Anyway. <sighs> All right, I'm shaking it <laughs> off. I'm shaking it off. All right. Uh, we got a guest today. We do. For the first time in weeks, we have a guest. That's pretty exciting. That's cool. We haven't done a guest episode in quite a while. Quite a few episodes. Um. Yeah. It's been what? like? I think like five or something like that. Well. It feels like. Uh, no. Well, yeah, five. Because I want to say Caleb was our last guest, and he was episode, like, 11, I think. And this is episode... 16, actually. Look at that. I'm over here doing math. And you math. know, there's actually something we never touched on. What? We're missing a guest episode. Rob's? Oh, no. We touched on that. Oh. We had to delete Jeff's. Oh, uh, yeah, True. Yeah, new we had regulations whole, and guidelines. Yeah. As soon as we posted Jeff's um, podcast episode, the military put out some statement about what they are and aren't allowed to talk about on the internet and stuff like that. And he was like, yeah, we have to delete the whole episode. Sorry, guys. So it was up for like two days, maybe three. So if you actually are one of the fortunate few who got to listen to Jeff's episode... Consider yourself lucky. It's it's a rare lost episode in the IOTP catalog. I might put it on Patreon. No, because I think <laughs> we're still not allowed to release it. Yeah. You know, I think if we do, we could get Jeff in trouble. And he's like a year from retirement. So we'll do it after he retires. Maybe. Yeah. When he can't say nothing. Yeah. And then he could write like his expose about. That's a whole new episode. Yeah. Dismantling. Look at us. The military industrial complex. <laughs> <laughs> Sticking it to the man. That's what it's about. Yeah, so today we have uh, old Chad, good friend of mine. Chadwick Featherbottom, I believe is his <laughs> full name. Really? <laughs> Christian name? No, that's no. not. <laughs> that name's kind of tight. Uh, Chad Swanson. I don't think Chad is short for anything. Maybe like Chadley? When you introduce him, he should just be like, Ladies and gentlemen, Chad. I just call him Chadwick. <laughs> Chadwick. <laughs> and his name's not Chadwick. I don't know why I call him that, but I do. It has to be from something. Isn't that the name of the dude that played um, Black Panther? Wasn't his name Chadwick? Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that's where I got it from. Maybe. I don't know. It sounds like something from like an old um, like Oregon Trail type movie. Yeah, I don't know. I'm into it. I wish his real name was Chadwick. <laughs> You know, we'll just change it for him. It's a good time to be a Chad. 
you know, like like internet wise. Like if someone so? does something like cool, they're like, man, that dude's such a Chad, you know? Yeah, but like, then it, you got the negative. It's but, like, oh, that guy's a Chad. I don't know. It's it's changed. The it meaning has, has but I'm talking about like majority wise. Like if a dude like owns somebody with facts and logic, the comment section will be like, Chad moment. Chad you know? Shapiro? No, I don't. <laughs> no, that's not the... That's not Chad. No. Typically, you know, like, and you'll see like a it'll be like a edit meme of a dude with like a super really big strong chin and stuff. Line. Yeah, and it'll be like Chad, you know, Chad, Giga Chad, Chad bus driver, Giga <laughs> Chad. Yeah, the Chad face that everybody's doing on TikTok. So yeah, it's like a solid time to be a Chad in American history. Yeah, I can see that. You know, it's like Chad is the opposite of like a Kyle. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's still a bad time to be a Kyle. Like as soon as people made the Kyle slash monster Monster. energy slash hole in wall slash wife beater. (laughs) Yeah. Like just, it was officially never. Yeah. It's like never good for the yin and yang, right? You have Chad and then Kyle. Kyle. Yeah. Um, We have like Karen, but what would the female Chad be? Elizabeth. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. When I think Elizabeth, I think of like the chick from Bioshock and just, she just seems so innocent. And like kind of stoic in a way. I don't know. That's not very chatty. Um Shania. <laughs> are we are we trying to come up with one? I guess so. I don't think the internet's like created one. Mm-mm. You know? Maybe uh Ch- Chadette. Or <laughs> I don't know. Chadette. Chadette. But then I just like imagine a woman with like a huge jawline, <laughs> <and>, you know. <laughs> Beer. Yeah. <laughs> Beard, mega chin, looks like uh, American Dad, you know. <laughs> good lord, yeah, that's unfortunate, that's terrifying. It's not a good look for a woman. Sorry. Um, um, you so, know, in, oh, go ahead. Oh no, 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 you go ahead. You know what? I I've been thinking over the last week with everything going on, like popular wise with entertainment, like with the Dahmer thing. And, like, kind of thought of, like, why people, like, not fantasize, but, like, like they're so intrigued by, like, ser- serial killers and stuff like that. And I'm wondering if it's always been like that like, yeah, for absolutely. hundreds of years. Absolutely, it has. It just seems a little weird well, now, you know what I mean? The the, the I think the, the quick answer of that is that, um, like, it's intriguing. Do you, are you hearing that? There's like yeah, a weird, like, a little bit, yeah. What is that? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's like a weird, like it sounds like something rubbing on the mic or something. Make sure everything's plugged in, right? Because I can't even tell if it's your mic or mine. Anyway, Excuse anyway, me. I think uh, the short answer would be that. Regardless of our fears or, or our theories based on uh, our belief systems, you know, religion, whatever it is, mm-hmm. um, we still don't actually 100% know what happens when we die, right? Yeah. So I think it's partly due to that weird, um, like humans are the only creature that think about their own death. In their own like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And we we think about what that's going to be like, what happens on the other side, and um, 
So I think there's this weird fascination that a human being knowing that we all struggle with the concept of death would be willing to deal it out. You know what I'm saying? Kind of. I mean, it's like more the aspect of like these serial killers like dating back to like probably like seventies. Like they're kind of like household names now. But but it goes back farther, and that's why I say I think it's always been a thing. You yeah. know, Jack the Ripper. Yeah, true. You know, like we we still talk about him to this day, and that was forever ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I I think. Uh, I mean, because they put so it many... goes back to. Cain and Abel in biblical times. Yeah. I mean, he killed his brother, you know? He's like the OG murderer, you know? <laughs> I guess it's just because, like, I see so much, like, forms of entertainment coming out about, like, mm-hmm. these serial killers in, like, my lifetime. But, I mean, horror movies also exist. Yeah. I think it just as human beings, we are fascinated with the concept of our own mortality. Yeah. And most of what we do is in an effort to combat that, you know? Like yeah. going to the gym, trying to stay fit, all that stuff is trying to like stave off the eventuality of our own death. Well, I so I think it's just death in general that we're fascinated mm-hmm. with. And serial killers are like grim reapers that have like a physical form walking around among mm-hmm. us. Well, you know, like the argument of like violent video games create like violent people or whatever. I would think like on paper if they would make like as much entertainment as they're making on serial killers now there yeah. would be like more serial killers but it doesn't seem like it's been like that in like the past i don't know 10 years but also well, technology has come so far so it's easier to find and catch people before like they even like start you know what i mean yeah and and i don't know i think that's a weird um because some people are just predisposed there are like a lot of serial killers do exhibit similar traits or similar uh histories, you know, what mm-hmm. they went through as children, stuff like that. But there are also serial killers out there who had great, wonderful childhoods mm-hmm. and who are not weird or creepy and they're actually endearing and that's how they draw people to them and find their victims and stuff yeah. like that. So yeah, I think I think it has more to do with the fact because everyone dies, right? Mm-hmm. But if you die from sickness, if you die from a tornado, if you die from a car crash, like there's no physical entity you can point the finger at and and blame because uh it's just like your luck your luck sucks, yeah. you know. But with a serial killer, it's like someone's taking that into their own hands. Mm-hmm. And and you know, like when you were talking about Dahmer coming out, like he wasn't just a serial killer he was like a necrophiliac a cannibal Mm -hmm. you know so it it is fascinating for us to be able to look at that kind of dissect his mind a little bit we can't relate yeah i can't imagine anything that would ever cause me to perform those actions yeah you know and and i think that's where the fascination comes from is just like like that's a person on this earth just like I am, you know, mm-hmm. that genetics, environment, whatever it may be, has pushed them to indiscriminately take the lives of other human beings. Yeah. You know, and in a, in a way that's inexcusable, mm-hmm. you know, 
we have we come into contact with people every day who have killed people or will kill people we because don't they're know. in the military, mm-hmm. you know? And, and But it's excusable. It's war. Mm-hmm. It's horrible. It, like, messes a lot of them up in the head, stuff like that. But it's a way that societally we have all agreed is an acceptable form of having to kill another human being. It's war, right? Yeah. With a serial killer, there's no uh, justification, you know? Yeah. We have the... <clears throat> um, we execute inmates, right? Mm-hmm. But again, societally, we've agreed that that's okay because their crimes have been so atrocious that they no longer deserve to live, right? Mm-hmm. And execution typically is reserved for like people that don't deserve to live. They've done horrible, horrible yeah. things, you know? And a serial killer just like completely debunks all of that, or like not debunks, but it like negates all societal perceptions of what's acceptable form of humans killing humans. Mm-hmm. You know, it's indiscriminate. It's people that don't deserve to die. And then they're dying in the worst, most atrocious ways possible. Yeah. And I think that's fascinating to us. And the fact that they always, always are like hiding in plain sight, you know? Yeah. Like every single major one of them, you know, what was it? Uh, Gacy, I think, was like a yeah, he circus was a, clown yeah, that would do he, like kids' like, birthday parties. Yeah, him. Ted um, Bundy was supposedly like super, I, I guess, like handsome and charismatic and like, you know, I, I don't from what I've heard. Yeah, that's what people say, but I think that's majority of like my generation just like seeing Zac Efron like play him and they're uh, like, oh, he was so and so uh, who was it? BTK. BTK, but he was just like an old family man. Yeah. You Have know? you seen the sketch for the BTK killer? Mm. It looks just like Bobby Lee. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, which makes no sense because wasn't it like an old yeah, white Yeah, it was guy? all white yeah. dude. Um, but yeah, so, and I think that it's a boogeyman that's real. Yeah. You know? Because we're just as fascinated with things that go bump in the night and what could mm-hmm. be looking at us from the woods and to aliens, ghosts, yada, yada. We're just as fascinated with that. Yeah. But we all have a general, general agreement that, like, it's fascinating, but that stuff probably doesn't exist. There probably is nothing in the woods looking at me right yeah. now. I know there's nothing in my closet or under my bed, you know. But with serial killers, it's like we all know those do exist. Mm-hmm. You could be standing behind one in line at Walmart, and mm-hmm. you would have no clue. You would have no clue. Your next-door neighbor, you know? And I think maybe that's where the fascination comes from. It's the boogeyman. It's the bump in the night. It's the creature in the closet that's real, mm-hmm. and we all know it's real. And you can't even identify it. It's like a... Like a shapeshifter that blends yeah. in and looks like the rest of us and acts like the rest of us. And a lot of times they are um, like high-functioning psychotics mm-hmm. and sociopaths, which are really good at – like their whole deal is that they can blend in yeah, and act normal and make people like them and not – like you don't – if someone's like a psychopath killer – there's a 90% chance that you don't know it by talking yeah. to them. And I think the more normal they look, it makes them like a little bit uh, more threatening. Absolutely. And more, and more yeah. scary. Yeah. I mean, compared you see, to like. Um, uh, 
you know, like a 400 pound dude wearing a diaper and he's got poop on his face and like a crazy look in his eye and he's not making a complete sentence. Like, you know, to stay away. He has all the warning signs. But you know, as soon as he gets home, he like just (laughs) changes. He's like the like smartest man on the block. But no, that's what I'm saying. It's like all of we can see that guy, right? Mm -hmm. And no, like we all the warning signs are there. And almost every major serial killer, like we see the warning signs now in retrospect when we're looking back at their life. But to everyone around them when they were still operating, like that was a normal dude. That was a Mm -hmm. church guy. That was a family man, you know? This guy was handsome. This guy was funny. You know what I mean? So maybe like that's the fascination. And, And I think we also are forced to wonder, like, am I capable of that? Yeah, I can see where you're... You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. In a weird way, it's like, if it came down to it, would I ever be able to do that? Or like, you know, if my life had been different, like, yeah. would I have been pushed to that point? Yeah. It is fascinating. And I can say it's especially fascinating to um, women, because every woman yeah. I've ever known is obsessed with like learning about serial killers and true crime. So. Yeah, it's true. I used to think that was just like a facade itself, but... Now looking back, that's like all my mom watched growing up on like Lifetime. Think about like um, Bailey Sarian Mm -hmm. has made a career, a wealthy, famous career off of talking about murder. Yeah. For those that don't know, Bailey Sarian is a YouTuber who does murder makeup mystery Mondays or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Every Monday, she makes a makeup video of her applying her makeup while discussing some true crime story. And she's wildly successful because of it. But that's her whole brand is just talking about people killing yeah. other people. Half the, half of all documentaries are somebody died, you know? Like almost every documentary out there is true crime related. It's about a murder. It's about a spree of murders, you know? 90% of what makes up our news, you know, like the news cycle is either politics or people got killed somewhere yeah you know that's that's 90 percent of it and i think it boils down to in the most basic form um our struggle with our own mortality nothing fats fascinates us more than the fact that it all stops one yeah. day yeah and then like just comparing like oh how could somebody do that like would i do that like being in their situation it's like it's very um it's intriguing but it also makes you think about like your decisions. Well, and I think you could also point to how lost we've become as a world, right? Because we have less religion, less faith, mm-hmm. less people who are willing to believe in an afterlife, a higher power stuff like that than we ever have. And a byproduct of that is less people who are sure of what they perceive as as what's going to happen to them when they die. So I think people are more scared to die than they've ever been because there's mm-hmm. less people that have any type of faith about what happens when they die. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, yeah, I think it could be, you know, and, and that's like... Uh, 
I'm just spitballing. I didn't read any peer-reviewed journals or anything yeah, leading yeah. up to this, but it makes sense in my head, you know? I think yeah. people are more lost and scared than they've ever been. Yeah, for sure. I can definitely... Like, granted, I wasn't alive, like, 50 years ago, but I can definitely see as much as, like, it's changed in the world. Yeah. Uh, when it comes to all that kind of stuff, it's, like, kind of scary in a way. It's, like, well, it makes you think about, like, the next 20 years, you know? Well, and that's the thing is for as many things as needed to change that have been positive changes, I think there's just as many things that probably should not have changed mm -hmm. that have been negative changes. Because I don't want to say that the world was uh, perfect in the 50s. Like there was yeah. so much stuff that we needed to work on as a, as a country, as a yeah. world, as a people in the 50s, you know. Um, like people didn't have rights and people were second-class citizens. And yeah, yeah, like obviously we can look and say like, yeah, that, those were issues that needed to be worked on, you know. But then there's just as many things where it's like, no, we, we actually had yeah, this we, we gotta figured go out <laughs> and, and we've gone too far the other direction. I mean – I think there are more people alive today that believe the earth is flat yeah. than there were before modern science proved that it wasn't, you know? And that's indicative of a larger issue, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's a societal issue. On that note. <laughs> well, was there anything else? We, I mean, you know, we can ramble a little bit longer. Um, was there anything else? You watching anything new? You um, playing anything new? Um, um, let's see. Let me see if I mean Fortnite's tight. Beta just ended. That was tight. Uh, the new um, season of Fortnite's. Yeah, it's pretty cool right now. Um, the Chrome stuff's tight. I've been. I was trying to get you to watch at least see if you can watch a little bit more than me with this terrible movie I found on Netflix. I don't know why you want me to watch this. It, it's, it looks it, awful. Like if I saw the poster. It looks like it was shot with an iPhone 4. Yeah, I never would have clicked it and pressed play. I don't know why you did. <laughs> was it just curiosity? Yeah, it was just curiosity. I was like, oh, this might be kind of tight. It had Corey Feldman in it. <laughs> That's everything you need to know. <laughs> and it's it's literally Saw, but like if Jigsaw was like a rock star and killed himself. It sounds awful. It's pretty bad. Um, I'm just going to say it. What? I've never liked Corey Feldman. Really? Yeah. Not even Lost Boys? No, I don't like Lost Boys. I think that I think that movie is trash. Hmm. It's so gay. That's like the era. There's one good That's thing. That's why you don't like vampires, huh? There's one good thing. No, I'd say that big resurgence, like the Twilight, all that stuff of vampire stuff, vampire diaries, that turned me off of, of vampires. Oh, okay. And I had never seen Lost Boys growing up. Okay. Oh, okay, but then when I saw I like can, little I clips of it, sense. I was like, "Nah, that looks so lame." I was thinking like you watched it. As There's a kid one and rewatch it. Good vampire media that has ever existed. <laughs> Blade, nah, dog. You don't think Blade's good? It's okay. It, I don't. To me, it's more of a '90s action movie than a yeah. vampire movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could replace them with zombies. You could replace them with aliens. '90s action movie. It wouldn't change. That the happens movie. to be with vampires. True Blood. It's so good. It's so good. Guilty pleasure. Not even um, guilty pleasure. Just pleasure. I don't feel bad about it. You've never seen uh, what is it called? It's like My Little Brother the Vampire. Boy, if you don't shut your mouth. <laughs> As the Would kid you from consider Stuart Little? I Am Legend a vampire movie? No. 
Was it a different take on vampires, or are they just something else entirely? There's something else entirely. I mean, they can't do the sunlight, and they do they drink blood? Do they say that explicitly, or do they just tear people up and like? I eat think them? they just tear people up. I think they're just advanced like zombies. But where does the sunlight come in? You know, I mean, they're really pale, right? Do they refer to them as vampires in the movie? I don't think so. I don't know. I don't remember if they what they called them. If there was like a name, you know, I don't think there was because even in like uh, Granted, the Walking I, Dead, I think they called them like walkers or something, yeah. you know, like they had their little vernacular or like Evil Dead, Deadites. Yeah, that, that's so stupid. I love Evil Dead, don't get me wrong, but that's such <laughs> it, a dumb name. It is <laughs> Deadites. They think of it, the it's like very, very uh, campy, it and it's supposed to be, you yeah. know. Um, dang. They what? are overdone, the vampire thing. It's just but there's a few weird, really good ones. There's always this weird, like <sighs> cheesy, like romanticized ideal that they always try to attach to the vampires, which I don't understand. Yeah, because true. if we if we trace it back, like Dracula, like the legend of Dracula, mm-hmm. he wasn't like a sex symbol. Like he was no. a monster, you know? Yeah. But now we have like Interview with the vampire and Twilight and Vampire Diaries and all these movies where they're trying to like turn them into these weird like like it's like a romance like oh people want to like bang these vampires like where did that come from I don't know and you maybe know? that connects with like the serial killer thing <sighs> I don't know um, like like uh, replace anything else with the vampires and treat it the same way and it's creepy. Imagine if every zombie movie was romanticized and everyone to like bang the zombies. They made a movie like Gross, that and it right? was freaking terrible. Werewolves. Now everybody wants to bang these dogs. Weird, right? Why is it okay for vampires? Because I do not furries understand. exist. Yeah, and they're weird. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. You're weird. <laughs> you need therapy and something weird happened to you as a child if you need to dress like an animal to have sex. You're weird. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm not. Get help. You good? We're going to take a little ad break real quick. <laughs> We're going to come back and have an interview with uh, Chadwick Featherbottom. Hold on to your butts. Be right back. We're live, officially. Chad, Chadwick, as I've been calling you, but I'm pretty sure your name's just Chad. Yeah, just Chad. Uh, it's just us. It wasn't supposed to I be. I know. So Nate just got a phone call and has to rush a change of clothes to his child's school. So it's just going to be us right now. You know what? While we're on this, we're going to take uh, one second. Okay, that's better. <laughs> All right, now we're officially doing the interview portion of this podcast. Yep, Nate had to take off, so I'm just going to be interviewing you, um, which is a little weird, right? Because if Nate was here, then when we get into the topics of like exploring uh, how we came to meet, stuff like that, it just feels like we're telling him the story, Yeah, you know? But now that he's not here, 
uh, it's just going to be us telling each other the stories we already know, right? Yeah. So um, my talented and beautiful wife actually wrote me a few um, notes, which is uh, very beneficial of things that we can discuss today. And I'm very glad she did that because this will be the first, maybe second, maybe second uh, podcast interview ever where I've actually had notes to refer to. And I'd like to see how much that improves the podcasting experience. If it does, you can't tell her, though, because she's always telling you to make lists. I know, but I would like her to see um, my appreciation for her support. So I'm okay with that. Now then. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, feed store. Yeah. That's how we met. Yep, I was working at Tractor Supply. And uh, you were working at Tractor Supply. I was in there buying her a welder. She wanted to learn how to weld. And you were the guy that helped me. Yeah. We wound up talking in that aisle for probably a good like half an hour. We were talking about fishing and hunting and showing each other pictures on our phones of like animals we had killed you know yeah yeah we're gonna outdoor porn yeah it was a good time good time um a little closer okay. uh, so yeah so that's a funny story because what happened was we got to talking and we were talking we were talking i think predominantly about making baits was how it all started and i had told you that i was making baits you were big into fly fishing so you tied a lot mm -hmm. of flies and it was like cool dude i'm gonna give you my business card before i leave I'm going to run out and get one. I did. Found you. Gave you the card. I'm like, hit me up. Let's hang out sometime. I think, you know, we have everything in common. Um, you didn't hit me up. <laughs> I think I, I think I came into the store like two or three more times. And every time I'd see you, we'd catch up. And I'd be like, yeah, but you don't want to be friends because you haven't texted me yet. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I'm just honestly <laughs> the worst with the phone. I, I like the... I, I just don't even know. I, I, I've never been good with it. I remember yeah. I got forced to get a cell phone when I was 18 just so I could. So I got a text message randomly one day from your email address. It didn't even come from your phone number. It was a setting that you didn't even know you had turned on. Yeah. And you were like, okay, I think we're officially friends now because I texted you. And then that was it. The rest is history. Yeah. All right. Good interview. Talk to you later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think a lot of our friendship really did start with like common interests predominantly. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? Um, we both spent a lot of our time talking about fishing and hunting and we went fishing together a few times and uh, we um, got together. Let's see. Oh, oh. Yeah, this is, see, this is why I'm glad we have the notes. Because uh, she actually made a note here of the first night you ever actually came to hang out. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? Night? Absolutely. Okay, do you, would you like to recount? Uh, yeah. I think mean, so, starting off, it's, it's, I don't know if it's just me, but uh -huh. I moved to Texas because all my family's here. Okay. So for the first year and a half I spent in Texas, I had no one but my family that I was hanging out yeah, with. Cause yeah. Because it's one of those... In my 30s, it's a weird mm -hmm. making new friends kind of a thing as an yeah, adult. Yeah, and you told me that, I mean, you had been previously married. You yeah. guys had a lot of, like, mutual friends. 
when the marriage ended, it was kind of like weird who's friends with who. And then you left that area. So a lot of those friends, you just kind of had to leave behind yeah. when you moved back here. Right. And you had told me, like you were saying that you had never really went out of your way to make new friends since you got here. Yeah, right? pretty much. So I forced it on you is what you're saying. So it was good for me though. So it was fun. I was like, okay, I'm going to hang out with new friends. I'm going to go over to the house, hang out. Maybe yeah. make some baits or have yeah. some dinner. Yeah, we were going to barbecue that night. We are making burgers. And you start, you, you come over. And the sky's like getting a little dark. Yeah, and I didn't know anything about <laughs> tornado season or anything like yeah, that. It was, in fact, tornado season. Um, we then spent the next probably four or five hours standing in the living room with our arms folded, watching live streams of the weather from YouTube. And tracking tornadoes because they were like touching down all around us. It was like, oh, yeah. oh, that one's 30 minutes away. I think the closest one was three miles from our house. Yeah. It jumped the road three miles from our house. And that night um, is the same night that our roof got torn off, right? Was that the no, same that night? No, that was the one. That was the previous one. Okay. Oh, that was a previous one. Yeah. Okay. I went over yeah. and saw the roof and you're like, yeah. yeah. So that gave me that real like, oh, yeah. So tornadoes do come yeah. through here. Because that was like uh, probably two or three weeks prior. We had also had a bunch of tornadoes come through, tore the roof of our house off, and then like two or three weeks later, it happened again, and that happened to be the first time you were coming to hang out at the house. Yeah. So Shelby's grilling uh, burgers, and we're all just like standing on the porch watching the sky turn green, and like yeah. horizontal rain is coming through, you know? It was fun, though. It was, yeah, tra- it was trauma bonding. It's like, nice to meet you. Get ready to die. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We even were joking about that. Like, well, at least we're we're going out together, man. <laughs> really glad to uh, be friends. You know, I'm I'm kind of um, breezing through a little bit of like our backstory, just because I think it's good for context. Yeah. Because I want to get into um, your trip, and I'd yeah. like that to be you know a majority. Um, fishing, hunting. Oh, it's dove season right now. It is. It started in September. We uh, well, Shelby set some blinds and stuff up in the backyard oh yeah we've had a few doves come through yeah i recently realized uh i did not know pigeons and doves were like in the same family yeah but there's no well at least from what i recall there's no limit on pigeons pigeons. there's not i looked it up i would rather shoot pigeon to be honest she was like is this a pigeon or a dove and i went and looked and pigeons are actually called rock doves yeah rock breasted doves and they're just a giant dove They, mm -hmm. they taste the same um yeah, because I think what we have a lot of around here are those morning doves. I so here I've shot morning doves, white winged doves, and a Eurasian collared dove. Mm. So and the Eurasian collared dove are the ones where you hear them; they're like, Wah! have like a super yeah. weird noise. And the morning doves are like this. Yeah, and the you know? Eurasians, I don't believe there's a, I don't believe those count towards your limit either. And pigeons, or you can just indiscriminately kill them but they are rock doves yeah they're right? delicious too so, it's and, a giant dove so i mean it is it's just a dove yeah. right okay see I, I had never put that together oh yeah because she sent me a video of a bird in a tree and she was like is that a dove i'm not sure and i was like yeah like, i was like well yeah. it looks like a it might be a pigeon because it was just gray head white body you know mm-hmm. and i was like let me look it up so i looked up like pigeon versus dove and that's when i was like a pigeon is a dove i was like oh okay cool shoot it you know <laughs> oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah, we were talking about doing the bacon-wrapped breasts. What do they call There's a name for that. Like dove breasts it's like dove poppers. bacon wrapped around it. There's like a specific, I don't know, I was looking it up. You know, and like you'll call you them something different around here? I guess so, okay. yeah. I'm sure somebody somewhere in some comment section will let me know. 
Um, cool. So, yeah. So that's a little bit of our backstory, a little bit of our history. You're a barber, um, traditionally by trade. Mm-hmm. You're getting back into that right now. Yeah. Did you get Shelby's message? I did. I just saw it. And I was like, oh, I'm a little too late So now. you didn't set anything up yet? No. We can't even plug you? All right. No, not yet. Well, we'll plug you. You know, when we're done with this interview, you're going to go make an account. And then whenever we advertise this interview, we'll plug it. An account? I didn't see that one. No, she had talked about like, hey, make an Instagram account and stuff oh, before yeah, the podcast okay, yeah, for gotcha. like barbering, you know, because yeah. you were a barber for a long time back where you were from and you, now that you're back here you're kind of getting back into it right and you're wanting to like find a shop to work at yeah and, okay and you've done canon's last couple haircuts and they've turned out great you've also done mine it looks amazing right now yeah for the camera so a lot of effort went into that hey but you know you, you did. take pride in what you do you did put a lot <laughs> of effort into that into making me bald you went down like three or four steps you know um okay so you just got back from a trip. Yeah. Let's 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 talk about that. Cause uh I think I'm gonna call I'm gonna call this episode the motorcycle diaries of Chadwick Featherbottom. All right, which by the way, his real name is Chad Swanson. Okay. Yeah. Um and we're not referencing that communist <laughs> Chad. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, but you did just take a six thousand plus mile motorcycle trip across the country. Yeah. Um, which lasted about a month. Yep. Right? Like just shy of a month. Okay. So in 27, 28 days, something yeah. like that. Okay. So uh this is something you and a group of friends. This isn't the first time you've done it, right? No, I've never done a big trip like this with a bunch of people. Uh okay. I've done like I thought these were buddies that you had done a trip with before or something. I've like I've gone out and met some of them. Like oh. gone out like uh like ridden from Texas to meet up with buddies in Southern California. Yeah. And then just hung out and then rode back. But uh-huh. this is the first time we all met up, went somewhere, met up with more guys, went somewhere, met up with more guys. And then. So, how many people were there by the end? Uh, or, like, I'd say at, at the biggest point at of the, the group? Let's see. So, we lost to, I think at the largest, we were 14. Really? Yeah, 14 bikes rolling down the road. See, yeah, I thought it was four or five dudes. I thought it was like, we're going here to meet one guy, and then we're going there to pick up another guy. I didn't realize so many people were jumping on board. Yeah, we started with six. How how does this group know each other? Because everybody's like in a different state, a different part of the country and stuff, right? Yeah, so most of us, uh, we were friends in like high school. Okay. So we had all, it's funny because everyone moved from different areas to go to high school. And then after high school, we all moved to different areas. And everyone also just happened to get into bikes. Yeah. Just (laughs) randomly. We all just, everyone had a bike and it, uh, my buddy Ryan, um, lives down in Southern California. He is kind of the coordinator of everything pretty much. So like a year ago, he hits me up. He's like, Hey, we're all going to the Virginia city roundup in Nevada. So I had lived in Reno for probably 12, 13 years. And uh, I was like, yeah, I'd love to go back up there. I want to meet up with everyone just because I was supposed to go to Sturgis with everyone in 2020. Mm. But that fell through. Yeah, that fell through just because I had a lot of family medical stuff uh, going on. And, and 2020 was a weird time. Half of stuff was still locked down. Half yeah. of stuff wasn't really, you know. Yeah, the world was in a weird place right then. So, um 
Cool. So uh, we are in Central Texas, yeah. right? So you left here, headed west. Yeah. And where was your first stop, and how long did it take you to get there? So I, I, I woke up the day before I was supposed to head out, and I was looking at the weather, and it's it, I was like, oh, it's monsoon season in New Mexico and Arizona. Mm. And I'd seen a, a couple days prior, they had a big storm in Arizona where it actually like flooded Phoenix area. Really? So I was like, okay. That's going to be a mess. So I'm looking at the weather, just kind of looking at stuff. It's like, I'm going to head out a day early. So I ended up leaving at like 3 p.m. the day before I was supposed to leave. Yeah. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll find a gap in the weather. And I got to Colleen before it started <laughs> raining on me. <laughs> So. Which, which for for the record, is maybe 25 minutes from where you live. Yeah. yeah. So I got... So that was how your trip started. Oh, yeah. Morning. I got on the road, and then it started raining. And it wasn't <laughs> raining super hard and clean, but I was like, okay, this isn't too bad. Like, didn't need to put my rain gear on yet. Why? I guess Killeen... Okay. I guess Killeen is west. Yeah, for me. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. In my head, I was like, that's south. Why were you heading that direction? Yeah, Killeen's west. Okay. Um... Yeah, because I was originally so, he- I'm heading southwest to get to Junction, so I can take ten all the way over just Junction, that southern route. You can, Texas, or, yeah. Okay, and it, what's that one in Nevada? Junction Junction City. Where's that at? Ju- anyway, I was going to say Johnson City's down maybe, south. Maybe I think there's something called Junction City. I thought it was one of those like touristy cities in Nevada, Arizona, Nevada, something like that. I don't know. I don't I'm, pro- know. I'm probably making stuff up completely. It's possible. Um. <clears throat> Okay, cool. Leave Texas. Well, you get on the road to leave Texas. Yeah. So, so was it raining the whole, like, first day? or So the first day was pretty fun. So I get to Colleen, okay. starts raining. I get kind of to Lampasas, and it eases up, not really raining, just misty a little mm-hmm. bit. And then um, I get down towards Brady. Okay. And I'm going down the road, and I just... I can see the rain coming down so <laughs> Just hard. Just like that wall, like, well, that sheet. <laughs> here we go. So I go right into the wall of rain, and it's harder than I thought. So I'm like, oh, dang, I got to pull over. <laughs> so I pull over into this mortuary because they, they all got an overhang the, on them. The, so. Yeah, the little patio yeah. thing. Yeah. So I pull in under the, the mortuary's overhang, and uh, I'm like opening up my bag, trying to get my rain gear out because I had my stuff right on top. So at this point, were you still just wearing like a t-shirt and jeans? Yeah, or jeans what? and yeah. t-shirt. <laughs> and uh, I'm like trying to get my stuff on, but I pulled over as soon as I could just because I didn't want to have soaking clothes underneath yeah. all my rain gear. So I pull over, start putting my rain gear on, and uh, the mortician comes out and he's like, "Are you all right?" I was like, "Yeah, <laughs> not dead yet." <laughs> like I just, I yeah, I might be back to see you soon. Though. <laughs> yeah, I found shelter from the rain. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh, let me know if you need anything." I was like, "Oh, thank you." So I got my rain gear on, get on the road. I get to like the 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 stoplight in Brady, and the rain stops. So I start getting hot while I'm riding because I'm like, yeah. man, I can't wear all this rain gear. So I end up just taking it off and I put on like my leather and uh, kind of misty. And you weren't really pressed for time because you you technically I, had left the day before you were I took off a day to. early yeah. and I gave myself a flex day for riding to meet up with my buddies out west because 
I didn't know if I was going to be stopping to look yeah. at something or yeah. if the weather was going to stop me. I mean, me. there's so much cool stuff on, on that particular route. Oh, know, yeah. The Grand Canyon and all that stuff. Like, it's cool to stop and look. I love the desert more than anything. I yeah. think that's like my like spiritual happy place. See, the, the desert, you know. I was born in the desert and mm. I lived in the desert for a long time. I am definitely... If I could choose one yeah. ecosystem to live in, I guess you could say, or one geographic kind of feature, yeah. mountains. Uh, biome, I think is what yeah. it would be called. Okay. Biome. Biome. Yeah. Um, yeah mountains for <coughs> Mountains. Me. So yeah. like pine tree, forest, mountain kind of thing. Moving water, spring creeks, yeah. like freestone creeks, anything gotcha. that holds trout. Yeah. Well, that goes back to, you know, yeah. fly fishing, right? Yeah. Um. So, okay, so... You make it out of Texas. Where's the first friend or group of friends that you're meeting up with? Well, I still got to tell you what happened on oh, my travel. Oh, okay. My bad. I keep, so I keep interrupting. That's my, my fault. My first okay. day, I made it to Fort Stockton. I finally just stopped because I was like, I'm not going to deal with the rain for the rest of the night. So yeah. make it to Fort Stockton, um, which is on I-10 going going west. So the rain never really let up that day? No, it was like on and off all okay. day. Um Never bad enough to put my rain gear back on, but enough to where, like, my it's, leathers were wet, but they weren't soaked through. Yeah. Like, so, as soon as you dry off, you'd hit another patch. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much. Yeah. So, I was like, oh, okay, it's not too bad. At least temps are cool. Because it's been hot. So, it yeah. Was, it was kind of welcomed, welcomed a little mm -hmm. bit. I don't mind riding in the rain. But I end up leaving Fort Stockton the next morning. I'm going out. It is clear all through the rest of Texas. I get into El Paso. It's clear. I cross over into New Mexico, and it's a little cloudy, but okay. it was nice because the weather was cool. Yeah, so it was overcast. And I'm going down the highway. I get past Deming, and uh, I go by this rest stop, and I just see it is packed. And I'm like, wow, that is a hopping rest stop. There, There's like, never seen one that full. So you start getting a little FOMO? Like, no. I, I need just, to check it out. I was, it was one of those where I'm like, that is weird. And yeah. then I go down the road a little bit more, and I see this line of cars all down the down the interstate, and I'm like, huh. Like heading in the direction of the yeah, rest go, stop? Yeah, going, no, go uh, past the rest stop, okay. but they're on the side of the road, all, okay. hit, all pointed west. And I'm like, man, that is weird. Huh. And then I look forward, and there's another wall of water. Everyone stopped because monsoon's coming through. Yeah. So I'm on my bike, and I'm like, I'm not, I don't have enough time to stop now, so I'm not going to stop while I'm in it, so let's go. So I hit that wall, and it is just a frog strangler it is just coming down so hard to where i can't even see through my my uh, shield on my helmet so i downshift to like second gear and i'm just throw my hazards on flip my visor up just a little bit yeah so, it so you have like the crack we can yeah see so through. i could kind of see through and yeah. i'm like yeah this is fine <laughs> just keep moving <laughs> So me and one lone semi who wasn't smart enough to stop either are yeah. both going through hazards on, going like 20 miles an hour. Man, I've never seen rain so bad that cars literally stop. Oh, it was, you know, I've seen like, yeah, everybody will slow down 20, 30 miles an hour. Yeah. But I can't, like everyone literally just pulled off on the side of the road. Yeah, and they were like, nope, <laughs> we're going to go ahead and pass on that one. And you, you, where'd you say this was? That was... 
between Deming and Lordsburg, New, okay. New Mexico. Yeah. So so you're kind of getting out in that you're in that deserty yeah. area. You've kind of left uh West Texas at this point. Yeah. Okay. But even when you get there, it's you don't realize how high the elevation actually is. Because mm. they'll get snow down there during the winter. Really? Because it's at like four thousand feet. In New Mexico. Huh. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't And that's southern New that. Mexico. That's on ten going the southern route, which I always think of yeah, like I mean, desert it's route. really close to the equator. It is the desert, you yeah. know? <laughs> and you pretty much follow the border of Mexico almost the whole way through there. Mm, yeah, I only made that dr- drive one time. Well, and that's a lie. I went out there and back one time. Um, I I moved to L.A. for a little bit, like yeah. six months. It was awful. I hate <laughs> L.A. Uh, but, yeah, it, you know, it was like a, it, it was like 21 hours, I'd say. Yeah. About 20, it was 21 hours to get from Killeen to L.A. And, yeah, it just kind of, like you said, hits that border. You just kind of follow that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I love that so much, especially once you when when it's clear. Like, oh, when I it's didn't clear and nice and there's, yeah. there's and, never too much traffic on it. And you look you out like, and it's just like, man, I'm really out here in the middle of nowhere. Like, yeah. I, you know, you're not seeing cities. When you drive through a city, it's like a truck stop a stoplight and maybe there's like a mom and pop diner attached to the truck stop oh, and yeah. that's it, you know, like, like blink and you'll miss it type thing. But oh. I love that. Oh, um, I always stop on the edges either before or after the cities just so I can hit a truck stop and then blast through. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so weather clears up after that. Uh, I pretty much went 20 miles an hour all the way to Lordsburg and it was just pouring down and then once yeah. i got to lordsburg it was like a little spot of sun so i'm like standing there trying to dry off a little bit before i keep going <laughs> i took my gloves off and the, the dye from the leather turned my hands all yellow so really? it looked like i had jaundice they're all pruny <laughs> <laughs> so and i mean so in new, we were talking new mexico so at this point you've already been on the road for 10 12 12 hours yeah. you know because i mean it takes what 10 hours just to get out of Texas yeah. from where we're at right now. So I took I took three days to get from here to um, Southern California. And you had originally allotted two, but you left a day early, right? Yeah. So. so I guess two and a half because I left okay. half day, got the... Did you take like a little uh, tent? Yeah. Yeah. So I everything, I, my, my bike was like, I tried to keep it as like, clean as possible i guess you could yeah. say because i didn't want to be looking like the, like the clamp it's just going around with a rocking chair on the back <laughs> of my bike or like random but, stuff. but you didn't do motels or anything right you yeah did. i did you did the first like we it was a mix of camping and motels okay. now that was with the group but yeah. on your way out there what did you do just oh, just camp? I stopped at motels because it was because oh, rain- yeah. it was raining so i was like, well, wanted to dry off right? <laughs> pretty yeah. much okay i just wanted to dry out make sure my stuff was dry and then uh yeah. Yeah, the rest and of the take trip, everything in the motel and like lay it out on the beds, try well, to dry it. Open my bag up so it yeah. didn't like kind of mold or anything. Mildew, yeah. yeah, yeah, that would suck. You pack everything, and then oh, on yeah. day one, all your clothes are mildewed for the whole rest of the trip. Because you know? I got a rain fly for my bag that slips down over the top of it, uh, but because I had my fly rod, a pair of Crocs, I forgot, and you all took my your stuff fly rod attached to the back of my sissy bar. Yeah. My brain fly wouldn't fit over it. Yeah, you bought me a fly rod. Yeah. But you were like, I need you to know this is kind of selfish because yeah. I wanted to see what it was look look like because I wanted to give it. Because you bought me one that breaks down real small. Yeah. I mean, that whole thing is like two feet, the case, you know. Yeah. 
Um, and you told me you were specifically looking at that one because you were going to take it on your trip. So did you get to fish on your trip? Oh, yeah. Yeah? No, it was great. I, uh, gosh, I caught trout in four different states. Really? Yeah. Did you, uh, are your buddies fishers too, anglers? My buddy Sam from Montana, um, he is, he's pretty fishy. He's yeah. a, he's, he's definitely I guess you'd say an angler. Yeah. He's not, he like more yeah. than just like go out on the weekend every once in a while kind yeah. of deal. See, I would say I'm a fisher. Yeah. I'm not an angler, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm just a fisher. Um, <clears throat> so like you and him would kind of break off and go find a stream or what? Not as much as I would have liked. Cause when I got down to Southern California, I met up with my buddy, Ryan. Okay. And, uh, he, the first part of the trip we we're going down there. He's, um, he was talking about bringing like a telescoping, like spinning rod. Yeah. Cause same thing, it breaks, mm-hmm. down, breaks down to like. And those you can even break down foot. smaller. Yeah. yeah. It's like super I have a couple small. of those. But he didn't. No, he never used it once. <laughs> yeah. What <laughs> but, a bummer. Well, it's fishing licenses are crazy now. That's like true. going into different yeah, states. But, like, dude, you're on a cross country trip. Nobody's getting a fishing license. Yeah. Dude, you I'm, just gotta pray you don't get caught. Right? I'm so paranoid about that. My my personal <laughs> really, thing, yeah. You got I, licenses in multiple states, yeah, dude. Because I I'm more of the. I'd have been fishing dirty. I'm not even gonna lie. <laughs> well, well I seen buddies who had been uh been on the river, like on border states, kind of a deal where okay. you're like you're, a state goes through two, or a, a yeah. river goes through two different states, and they go like ten feet over the border, and they don't have a license, and they got like a nine hundred dollar poaching ticket. What? So I'd rather for pay. catch and release. Is that even poaching? Yeah, that's it's. You could not even be catching if you're in the act of fishing. You can get a ticket for it. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's a scam. Oh, it's a scam. I, and if there's any uh, fish and game wardens out there, I want you to know nobody likes you. <laughs> you're not doing the Lord's work. All right, <laughs> you're not. <laughs> I'm yeah. still salty about. Oh, yeah, about getting your ticket? Oh, man. I will never not be mad about that. Yeah. Um, So, 27 days. How many miles was it? You sent me a picture. Oh, I actually got six. I got it. It's like 6,000. Let me see. A little dead air here. That's okay. 6,536.8 miles. So that's multiple crossing back on the United States because what U.S. like the longest part is like under it's a little over two thousand miles or so. So, so here we go west. We go all the way to California. How north do you guys go from there? So I went met up with uh, my buddy Dick, Doug, Lynette, Ryan, and uh, Jared was there. Yeah. So we all met up in Southern California, uh-huh. and then we rode up one shot to reno okay so we all just hit straight shot at torino got to reno uh met up with seven people from montana and it's one of those like my buddy sam was coming down from montana with uh, a bunch of people and he i haven't seen him since like high school yeah so it'd been like probably 16 17 so years it was since it was really him. cool though yeah, you know, it wasn't just a cross country trip. It was like a reunion, and it was you know, no, it was rad. Yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah. So Reno, Nevada. Yeah. So you you technically kind of went back east then, right? Like, so uh, funny then, uh, thing is, Reno, Nevada, is actually farther west than San Diego, California. 
Yeah. Let that blow your mind. Because Nevada sits inside of California and it like wraps, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So then it would have been north from Southern California. Yeah. So we went pretty much, we took uh, 395 up. Yeah. Okay. You hit there. They meet you. And then where's the next stop? So after Reno, we had two buddies split back down to Southern California. So that dropped our group down two. But then we went up to uh, Crouch, Idaho. Idaho? Yeah. <laughs> so we went up through Nevada, up through Oregon, into Idaho. When we got into Idaho, so oh, hold on, we're going on the highway through Oregon. Okay. And it's we're all riding kind of staggered or side yeah. by side going down the highway. And it's my buddy Sam, Dave up front. Um, this guy, Mike and Dimitri, this super rad, like cool Russian dude, like moved here and <laughs> he's like full on, like hardcore conservative American now. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you're rad. <laughs> but, uh, then me and this dude, Coop, who was, I rode next to him for like a couple hundred miles and he was just, it was like so like cool riding next to him. It's like a weird, you kind of figure out where you fit in a group. Uh-huh. And I was like, man, if I could, I was riding next to him just because it was so easy to keep pace with him. Mm. But uh, like he stayed in his spot. Well. Oh yeah, so we're like right, <laughs> Not like swerving. Oh yeah, yeah, we're going like eighty down the highway right next to each other. Yeah, like cruise control style almost. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, almost because you pretty much I would listen to his pipes and just kind of match because mm-hmm. I could tell when he was speeding up or slowing down, so it made it super nice. See, I think that would be the thing I like. I would dislike the most about bikes. Why? I'm a big fan of cruise control. I don't even I use got cruise my, control on my you bike. You can? Yeah. You don't have to like hold it? No. I feel like that would just annoy me so yeah. much. I got cruise control on mine. You get a, you get into the bigger size bikes and you get cruise control on them. Okay. Well, that's one more complaint I have to check off my list. Then. Yeah. See, you're going to get a bike. You're getting closer <sighs> to it. I don't know, man. I'm so like clumsy and accident prone. Like that would 100% be my death sentence if I got a bike. 100%. See, I've crashed. I don't have, a, I don't have a power tool that I haven't put my hand in. You know what I'm saying? I don't even own yeah. one. You know, like if I can find a way to hurt myself on something, I'm going to every time. See, I. And with a bike, when you hurt yourself, like it's 50 50 if you're going to make it out or not. You know? Yeah. I was going to say that depends though. Cause every, it's, I feel like. I know people might get mad about this, but I feel like if you ride a bike, you're going to crash, no matter okay. what. Like, you're going to go down yeah. at some point, whether you're slipping out at a gas station or you dump it at a light or yeah. you're going down the highway or you're going around a corner and hit a deer. So you've crashed? Oh, yeah. I crashed going into my garage going well, like five miles an hour. What's the worst? Yeah, but I wouldn't call it a crash. And I'm, my bike went down. I, saw, I was going up my what's driveway. What's the worst crash you've ever been in? Worst crash I've been in? I was out in the... Arizona desert and I was going and I hit a broken piece of road. This was on a, a dirt bike. Like a big pothole or something? No, on my motorcycle, like my my cruiser, that is like the one, that's the worst one. I was going like five miles an hour into my garage and just yeah, dumped so it. That doesn't sound very bad to me. But on a, <laughs> on a dirt bike, I was in the desert camp. Because when I was growing up, we'd go to the desert to camp. Yeah, yeah. Like in a... We're, I was going down, just flying through the dunes, and there was this old service road that had been buried by sand, and then the wind blew it off enough to where it just looked like it was just another dune. But when you got to the top, the old road had an overhang on it. 
So I'm going up to it. My front wheel hits it. Boom. And it like. Where the road had like broken and kind of yeah. fallen into two pieces. Okay. So I'm doing like, I'm attempting the first front flip on a dirt bike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like upside down and I like kick myself. On more. accident. Yeah. <laughs> and not purpose. Not, yeah. not on purpose front flip. No. I like kick myself away from the bike. It like barely landed on my leg. Like my, it was one of those where it's like. De- like big shinner kind of a deal like put a dent like dent mark in the middle yeah, of my shin when i think of like well my mom broke her femur on a motorcycle well yeah it, my dad's dislocated his shoulder but i think about it in terms of like getting hit you that, know so, and, and that's like to me that's where it gets sketchy right because if i get hit in my truck like there's a better than not chance yeah. that i will be okay like i might break a bone i might get hurt but i'll probably be okay but if you get hit on a bike, like there's a better than not chance that you're not going to be okay. I, my personal opinion, I think there's risk in everything. No sure. matter what you do, like you go for a walk, there's a risk a car could drive up on the sidewalk and hit you. You go on a plane, there's a chance it could crash. You drive your vehicle nonstop throughout your well. Yeah, most of the like most people are driving their vehicles nonstop, especially nowadays because commutes to work. But you're mitigating risk. But there's a huge chance, you just, know? just because the percentage like... of time in your vehicle and how many people just don't pay attention. If uh, Personally, when I was going through, so I went to a uh, motorcycle safety school that my buddy's parents actually run Okay, up in Reno. And uh, I was going with my, my ex-mother-in-law because she was getting her motorcycle license. I was finally getting my motorcycle license, so I wasn't riding dirty. Yeah. And... uh. So you get a fishing license, but you'll ride dirty on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, but um, <laughs> it's different. It's, it's different. Different. There's, but, uh, there's logical fallacies happening, but yeah. you know, YOLO. <laughs> yeah, <it's>, YOLO. <laughs> there's no rhyme or reason to it. It's just okay. But what I was saying about mitigating risk in a motorcycle accident, right? Yes, you're right. You do take a risk every time you're in a vehicle, every time you travel, things like that. So by being in a car with a higher safety rating and a higher safety potential, I would say I'm mitigating that risk by increasing my odds of survival should someone else hit me. Yeah. You know, I'm in a bigger target. Therefore, I'm more easily seen in rear view mirrors, side view mirrors, you know, like, um, but that brings me to a point that and I'm was, wrapping my ass in fiberglass, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> but the uh, one thing that I remember stuck in my head big in that class is like I'd never really thought of it before and it changed the entire way that I ride. And uh, it was, they were telling me, they're like, okay, everyone is trying to kill you when you're on your motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. If you think about it, like, yeah. what, what are most people wearing when they're on a motorcycle black mm-hmm. what colors the black and gray yeah. what colors the road what colors people's bikes everything's blending in so yeah. they're almost trying to make themselves invisible and then they're kind of ripping around riding yeah just kind of thinking nothing's gonna happen i personally i act like everyone's trying to kill me and after a while you almost kind of can see like you well, look over and you can tell be like okay that car's gonna merge over i, I, can, would I know where they are motorcycle riding is probably the highest form of defensive driving 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you kind of always have to have your head on a swivel. Yeah. And, and like I said, I'm not a bike guy. But you always got to be kind of a little bit aggressive too because you always got to have an exit. And if you see something like sketchy, yeah. me personally, I won't sit next to a semi. Yeah. Like I, I'll haul I won't ass either. past them. But that's because I've like, seen Final Destination. <laughs> you know <what> I, mean? <laughs> I don't want to be that guy. <laughs> yeah. I'm mean, either way behind it or way ahead of it. I don't want to be near it. You know? yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Okay. I want to stay on track because, you know, oh, yeah. we probably got like maybe 20 minutes left for the interview. Okay. So um, uh, any more like key, exciting? We've hit like the basic bullet points of the trip, you know what I mean? But oh, I want yeah. like um, memories. Well, so that's one thing. We're going, we're riding through Oregon, okay. going up to Montana because I'd never been to Montana before and I always wanted to go there just because it's like. I haven't been either and I want to. Just like a mountain paradise, mm-hmm. like. Bob Ross. I painting. assume there's just like <laughs> trout jumping out at you, trying yeah. like catch me. They just land in your net. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> but uh we're going up through Oregon and I'm like third in line and I'm looking and I see something come off my buddy Sam's bike and just shoot out from his back tire and it shoots straight towards that dude Dimitri's face. And I just <sighs> see his head go whack. Did it hit him or did and he dodge? Like, oh it? my God. Like he just got Something fell off of Sam's bike and just almost killed Dimitri. And I, we, he stops. And I was like, did that hit you? He's like, no, but I watched you go straight past my face. What was it? It was his, um, his shifter lever. So it it was like a hard solid yeah, object. It, was it wasn't a like metal, a t-shirt. Metal bar coming yeah. off of his bike. Flunt, but it, See? That's it, what I'm talking about. It fell down, shot out of his tire. But we didn't find out. And like they, We actually turned around. They found it. We're like standing in the middle of this two-lane highway yeah. in Oregon. Like Everybody's just flagging cars down. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, the, they man. found it, reattached it to his bike because he was stuck in fifth gear. So they find it. We get on the road again. We're going down the road and Dimitri pulls up next to Sam and is just pointing down at his bike. Was and we're, like we're in Idaho at this time and his uh, like his back wheel, he's like <laughs> pointing at his back wheel. He's like, we need to stop kind of a deal. And he's just got stuff hanging off of it, pretty much. Like, that that Dude. lever had gone in and just busted a bunch of oh, stuff up. It, like, it was related to the previous Yeah, thing. Pretty, See, we're I'm pretty sure he's that's just what was going on. Riding, like, a Mad Max hunk of crap. Oh, like no, he's definitely... falling off. Left oh, yeah, right. no, it's definitely, like... It kind of, uh, what do they call them? Uh, not, like, what's the... It's, like, a bike version of, like, a rat rod, where it's, like, kind of... I talk about like a piece together, and it's kind of oh, you know, gosh, yeah, like a junk bike kind of. Yeah, thing. I'm but, to remember you know, like because it, it's typically you'll see it in like the what do they call them bobbers, where like there's nothing on the back. end. Oh, are you talking about like a chopper? Seat. Chopper maybe, but no. Yeah, they're like stripped down, but they're, they're a lot of the choppers are super nice. No. It's, you can ride a POS. There's a term but... I'm thinking of that I can't remember off the top of my head, but I it's like know. a specific term for like that like Mad Max kind of bike where everything's like kind of piece together and you know it's like a frankenstein like there's rust spots oh yeah this exhaust is off of this bike the handlebars are off of that bike you know there's a Mm -hmm. chainsaw motor on the back you know (laughs) (laughs) just Um, a death trap yeah yeah that's what i'm imagining when you're talking about all the parts falling off of this guy's bike well no his he definitely like he takes really good care of his bike like he jumps it off the curbs and everything like he definitely like his his suspension was like blown out already anyway so he is he is riding like a legit death trap i have a buddy uh named rich who is a harley rider but he's in a harley stunt crew uh, like doing wheelies and burnouts and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, but on Harleys, that's like, that's a whole other thing, you know? A lot of those guys are, are doing it. Yeah, I mean, in my head, like, 
you got dirt bikes and then you've got like crotch rockets and those are the bikes you would like stunt on you know what i mean yeah but like i know guys who are doing that stuff on big baggers yeah that's what that's like his crew is like like on like big like the cruisers that have like all the molding everywhere Mm -hmm. and like the giant uh yeah the baggers yeah i I don't know i don't know the term they're like touring bikes they just call them baggers on that guy that <clears throat> bikes got biking got popular again with um the popularity of like sons of anarchy you know like 10 15 years ago oh, yeah. like like it kind of yeah. saw that resurgence and every especially here in a military town like everyone wanted to start their little like mc yeah trying know? to wear a cut yeah, everywhere exactly. and uh i thought it was so cringy that i just swore off bikes forever and I think to this day, I'm still like trying to get over that, which is why I still like have a hang up about like getting a bike. See, there's a lot of things that are like that, though, where yeah. you see tattooing, prime where example, a crowd you know? ruins something, where something gets popular. It's like, yes. wow, I really enjoy that, but I hate 90% of the people that are doing it. I 100% agree with you. And that's the hard part is mm-hmm. getting, like, me personally, I got to a point where I was like, I do not care, care if there right. is a yeah. gaggle of assholes that like this activity and ruin it kind of for most people and give it a bad name yeah. or give it a weird kind of stigma. I'm like, if I like you, something, I'm going to do it. You think, I wonder, has it always been that way? What? Or is it like um, where activities get oversaturated to the point where it's no longer enjoyable? Has it always been that way? You know, like uh, probably because I've seen it with a like, lot okay, of different like, stuff. Well, yeah, like fishing, right? I've yeah. seen more people into fishing now than I've ever seen in fishing. But is that just because fishing, like, like as a population, we're getting larger? Therefore, there's going to be more people doing activities, or is it because of like social media pushing the popularity? I of think fishing, a lot of it has or? to do with the way our society's changed in yeah. that. Because you see social media, and you get to a point where, like, fly fishing, for example, mm-hmm. for a long time, you're like, okay. You think of fly fishing, you think of some rich old white guy <laughs> standing in a river wearing tweed and yeah. like a vest and some shitty hat with a bunch of like flies coming sure. off of it. And you're like, okay, that guy's like old money. Yeah. Like, yeah, and like, then now it's at like the point polo where. Like or something, right? Like, yeah. <laughs> like you like, think of it as like, oh, I was on the row team in Harvard. You know? Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And now it's like, I remember I used to get looked at so like. Yeah, people would look at me like guy, they tattoos. looked at me like I shouldn't be there. Like, yeah, like ten something years ago, I'd be on the river and people would look at me like I shouldn't be there. Yeah. And then I'm catching more fish and bigger fish than they are. And then they get mad because I'm wearing cutoffs, a yeah. cowboy hat, no shirt. I don't know because then there's that part, another part of me that like thinks like I'm the snob. Right, like I, I'm the one like trying to gatekeep a community where we sh- I should be welcoming more people because the more popular it is, then the more products are being sold, which is going to drive up um, or drive down the price. Of, you know, like uh, uh, like comp- competitive pricing is going to yeah. get better, things like that, because it's not such a niche market anymore. But then, and, and that's the thing is that I forget that like there was a time not long ago that I was the new guy fishing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and when it comes to fly fishing, I still am the new guy. Yeah. You know, I haven't been doing this since I was 10 years old, you know? Um, <clears throat> so like, and then like with biking, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's my hang up. That's my issue. You know? Yeah. It's like the community and the stigma and like some of the more cringy aspects which are the ones that i tend to hyper focus on but i realize like every community i'm a part of has those same 
cringy aspects yeah, or just, like the oversaturated, overpopular parts that turn me off. Does yeah. that make sense? No, for sure. And I, and that's what like kind of the same thing I was saying is like you can you'll have that whole part of it that you just do not appreciate. But yeah. I appreciate the actual activity. So I'm gonna yeah. do it. Yeah. And I'm not gonna I'm gonna try whether what people's perception is I have no control over, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna try to be the best at like I'm gonna try to do it how I feel like it should be done. Yeah. Like and, I'm and that's do, what I'm saying. I why I think it's like my own weird hang up and like my own weird hipster mentality that I'm shedding as I become, you know, a a middle-aged man and I'm not a 20-year-old boy anymore, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Like, where it's like, uh, why do I care? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Why do I care? Why does anybody care, you know? And that's what I'm saying. You shouldn't. If you enjoy something, do it. Well, and my biggest arguments for not wanting to get a bike or be a biker have always been based on practicality like practical yeah no, i was gonna say because you're like i can't fit all this stuff on my bike yeah, like you can fit a surprising I, amount of stuff on your bike what if i hurt myself and i need a ride you know or like i'm meeting up with a friend and they need a ride or my wife texts me and says like hey i need you to bring groceries home yeah. or i'm out at work and it starts raining and i live an hour from the shop you know like that's all i can think about yeah. i'm like oh should i had a car oh should i had a car oh you know <laughs> every one of those i'm like well a car would take care of that scenario. A no. car would take care of that scenario. So maybe I'm just too logical and yeah. I'm actually keeping myself from an enjoyable experience because yeah. I'm like overthinking the practicality of it. I think so. I think we overanalyze a lot of different stuff. But me, I, I, I hardly <laughs> ever think about life. that kind of stuff. Like <laughs> That's all I think about, <laughs> you know, which is why I'm an anxious wreck all well, the time. <laughs> yeah. I overanalyze and worry about every aspect of my life. I try to I try to be as conscious of different decisions I make as possible, but sometimes I just go into stuff being like, "Oh, whatever happens, it happens." It's part of the adventure. I, I wish I, I wish I could be more that way, and in a lot of ways, I'm becoming more that. But it's having to I'm rely like it's taking a conscious effort to become that because yeah. my default is to worry and overthink. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I'm a I'm like a worst case scenario kind of guy and that's it's not like a super fun way to live you know what i mean and a lot of it's probably programming and childhood trauma and you know like some psychologist i'm sure would have a field day with it you know but uh i don't think it's like abnormal or exclusive to me i think most people that's their default is to overthink and to worry and to, to to struggle to let go and just freaking relax. Yeah. See, I overthink a lot of stuff that doesn't really matter. The stuff that really matters, I kind of just... Mm. Give, give me an example. <laughs> like, like, what's something you would overthink that doesn't matter? Let's see. Like, whether, like just as like a dumb example? Yeah, sure. Um, so, I went fishing up in Montana when I was up there. And oh, I actually got kind of a funny story that goes with this. Okay. So, I'm up there... Um, Staying at my buddy Sam and Dave's place. They have a hotel, bar, a casino. Uh, they're opening a dispensary. Really? So shout out Remington Bar, Dang. Whitefish, Montana. Good for them. But uh, they uh, let us stay at the hotel. Mm-hmm. So we're staying there and we got, got our bikes and all that stuff. And my buddy Sam's like, hey, if you want to take my truck to go fishing, you can go up there. And uh, I'm like, sure. So my buddy Ryan, I asked him because we brought over uh, our buddy Cameron's ashes on the trip. Okay, that uh, was like kind of part, yeah, he, of, part he, of the trip. Was... He had died about a year uh, before the trip. <clears throat> okay, and uh, 
It was Ryan's brother. So we're up there. I was like, Ryan, let me get some of Cameron's ashes. Yeah, so far this is not a funny story. No, it's, it's, <laughs> it, get, it gets good. So I take like a, the cellophane off like his cigarette pack. And okay, I'm like, this is yeah. appropriate for Cameron. So we, <laughs> we put some of his ashes in the cellophane, close it up. I put it in my pocket. So so you guys were kind of leaving ashes where you went? Kind yeah. Of okay, okay. Like just kind of sprinkling them different places, yeah, okay. hiding them different places. Yeah, kind so of he was deal. like on the trip with you guys. Yeah. Okay, okay. Continue. Sorry. So I go up to like Glacier. And uh, I go, I, I think it was like the upper Flathead River or something like that. And um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go out. I'm just going to fish by myself, enjoy this a little bit. I'm going to spread Cameron's ashes in the river. Um, I get to the river and I'm like, oh, Montana, the great outdoors. <laughs> so I'm going around looking and I get on the river and I'm like walking up, going to this uh, run in the river and... Uh, before I left, my buddy Sam was like, Hey, take this pistol. Cause I brought my nine millimeter with me, but mm-hmm. he was like, here, yeah. take this with you. It's a better bear gun. That area is pretty, like pretty grizzly heavy. Yeah. So I was like, okay. So I put his gun in my pack and I'm going up the river and I'm walking, I'm wearing Crocs and the, <laughs> the rocks are all slick as snot. And I get into the river and I'm like, okay, I'm going to fish here. I'm going to spread Cameron's ashes. Like I turn around to move and I go down. And the only thing I'm thinking is like, oh crap. Like I hit my knee super hard on a rock. I'm like hunched my back like a cat trying to keep my bag above the water because I got my buddy's gun in there. Yeah. Cameron's ashes go in the water. (laughs) You were going to release him there anyway. I was going to go anyway, but like I was supposed to take a picture of the area that I was in. I ended up totally forgetting (laughs) because it was just like this whole scramble of me trying not to get pushed down river, (laughs) trying not to soak my bag. Yeah. But I ended up fishing for a little bit, caught some super good trout. Like actually, like it's all cutthroats is what I was catching up there though. Like, um. But you were you started this story to give me an example of we were talking about worry. Oh yeah. And like little things to worry about versus Well that while I fell, I also lost a pair of forceps and nippers. Uh-huh. So it's like fl- uh, fly fishing tools, like yeah, fishing yeah, yeah. tools. So I'm like, Oh man. Now I gotta get new ones. I'm like, well, I have some at home. I don't need to buy new ones. I could stop at a fly shop and get it. Like just sitting like for the whole rest of the time I was on my trip, I was thinking, well, do I stop and grab some? I'm going by this store. Yeah. I'm going to be by this store. And it's one of those things where it's like, if I would have just went and bought them, I could have, I could have spent like 10 bucks and just stopped yeah, thinking about it. For sure. But Versus the things you should be worried about, like, oh, there's a line of cars pulled over because of a sheet of water. Yeah. I should maybe pull over too. And instead you're just like, eh, whatever. I'm yeah, just going to ride like, yeah. through. It'll See how happen. it goes. Yeah. <laughs> and it's even uh, after I got through uh, I-10 when I was going on that southern route, Yeah, part of it washed out behind me. Really? So I'm just like, oh, I'll make it through. Like the road? Yeah, they were doing road construction, and all the road base that they had, uh, a flash flood came through, Jeez. and it pushed all the road base out from under it, and then the road collapsed. Like, r- like right behind you? A couple like hours you, after yeah, I went through just, there. Man. <laughs> Yeah, see? And, like, people could argue that that's the thing you should have been worried about. Yeah. You know? And you're worried about a <laughs> pair of uh, nail clippers. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know? It's like little stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and and I'm the exact opposite. I worry 
I worry. I definitely worry about too much. I worry about too much, and that's like my that's my cross to bear. You know what I mean? I understand uh, who I am, my downfalls, the things that I need to uh, alleviate within myself. But um, life's hard. Life's hard. You know. Yeah. Growth is hard. Growth is the hardest thing. I mean, you literally can't make a muscle bigger without damaging it first. Like it yeah. has to be torn and damaged to be bigger. Yeah. It's like. That's the only way we... It's like that you got to destroy to create. Exactly. And unfortunately, I don't think there's a way to grow into the person you want to be or feel you should be without destroying the person you are first. Yeah. You know? And I think sometimes I don't worry too much about certain situations. Like, I'm not going to lie. I stress about so much random stuff. It's not yeah. even funny. But a lot of stuff, I just... I feel like it's not not such a big deal because I have been so through so many... like rough like yeah. weird things to where it's it, it's at a certain point i was like yeah i'm not gonna it's like my brother always told me that stuck in my head so much because when i was doing ultra running i was like oh it's gonna suck so bad like mm -hmm. doing a, running 100 miles like straight and i kept on thinking of something that my brother was telling me is like you're not gonna die it's not going to kill you. Yeah. He's like, and if you do die, it's suddenly not your problem anymore. Yeah. So I was like, oh, yeah. no way. I was like, okay, yeah, I get it. <laughs> and I don't know why it was like so that just stuck in my head. Yeah. I wish that, I wish I could, um, again, again, the logical over analytical part of my brain always wins out. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, uh, so even though like I know that, I know that to be true, like what your brother's saying, I know it to be true, but I will still sit there and overanalyze like, yeah, I may not die, but I might wish I was dead for 99 out of these 100 <laughs> miles, you know what I mean? I don't want to wish I was dead, you know? I might actually die. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big fan of type two fun. It's What's, like type one fun is like you go, it's like, doesn't mean anything. It's like a roller coaster. You go on a roller coaster. It's fun at the moment, but you're not going to be like, oh man, for the rest of your life. And yeah. like, do you remember that roller coaster? That was incredible. Best moment of my life. I like the Versus like, like a motorcycle trip where you yeah. will remember that for the rest of your life. Where right? it's like, uh, riding 6,000 plus miles. Like you're like, at some point you're like, I'm so tired of sitting on this bike. Yeah. But this is so much fun. And like afterwards, you're like, oh, that was incredible. I'm so yeah. glad I did that. Prime example, we went camping. We went camping in June. Yeah. Or was it July? Uh, it was 110 degrees. Yeah, it was hot. Much. It was summer. It was hot. The air was not moving, you know? It was miserable for probably 70% of the camping trip to include at night trying to sleep yeah, with the sundown and it was sweating, still just, just like sitting pouring there, sweat. Not... But I have nothing but good memories of that trip, yeah. you know, because <clears throat> when I think about it, I'm, I'm not necessarily thinking about how hot it was. Okay. I'm thinking about us standing on the dock in the middle of the night, you know, it's yeah. pitch black outside and we caught a bag full of long-eared sunfish and took them back. And cooked them in yeah. a pan. You Fried know. them up at camp. Yeah. And we sat there with some hot sauce and ate a bunch of long-eared sunfish. And um, I'm thinking about those squirrels. Oh, yeah. Our campsite, <laughs> our campsite was like a squirrel apartment complex. Like every every direction you looked, there was three squirrels. And I mean, they're just like laid out, airing their nuts out, like could care less than anybody's there. They ran this place, you know? Yeah. And I had forgotten to bring... I was gonna I was gonna specifically bring a BB gun. Um, cause it was like a 
campsite, like a, a, an organized thing. It's a where state we could, park. We're not going to bring a yeah. bring a firearm, you yeah. know. Well, I mean, I I had one, but not like a rifle. Like you know, it was a pistol in the truck. And we're like throwing sticks and knives at these squirrels, <laughs> <laughs> trying to get one. <laughs> I actually have a video of you stalking a squirrel. <laughs> We were trying so hard to get one, and they were everywhere. Like, you could tell these squirrels. Just healthy, fluffy, yeah. like living well, off they campers. Had, yeah, very much been immaculated. Or, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, acclimated Acclimate. to their environment, you know? They were, I don't think they saw humans as intrusive. No, they in saw them nature. as snack yeah. handlers. And, and uh, it was... That first night, we woke up the next morning, and sure enough, like our trash bag was torn open, yeah. and everything was out on the ground. Um, there was an empty bag and of we had chips it hanging off too? by the water. Yeah, it was yeah. hanging and everything. Yeah, um, but yeah, that's what I think of when I think of the camping trip. You know, and there was a lot of um, <clears throat> what could be perceived as as negatives. You know, but I'm relating that to what you were talking about, like that type two fun is what you called it. You yeah, know? like that that camping trip's a memory that's probably going to stick with me forever, you know? Yeah, it's one of those where it's it might be difficult while it's happening, and yeah. it might be, at some points, what people would call miserable. Like, <laughs> but like when running you, for but 100 when you, miles? But when you look at it afterwards, you're like, oh, I'm so, that was so rad. Yeah, and yeah, and, and I was talking to Shelby yesterday. Like, I want to do that again. Like, I want, I want to go camping again, especially now that we're, like, coming around fall and stuff, and it yeah. might not be a now million degrees outside. I actually want to go yeah. down to the coast. Like, mm-hmm. I know I just got back from my trip, yeah. but I'm like, yeah, I got yeah. to get, get one more Pump little, little <laughs> jaunt in before no, I go. You need to get a job. That savings is going to run forever. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so if there's any barbers out there listening that need some help. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right. So we're about to uh, wrap up the interview portion of the podcast, but I do want to leave with, and that's the thing is, is you know, I wanted to focus on the motorcycle trip because we actually have a million things we could talk about. We could talk yeah. about Patagonia. We could talk about long distance running. We could talk about all the fun stuff me and you have gotten to do together, yeah. fishing trips, camping trips. But I was like, let's just hyper-focus on that because it's fresh. It just happened. It's yeah. interesting. So I have two two questions, yeah. okay? What's one thing knowing now that you could have changed about your trip? Uh, one thing I wish I would have done. Um, on uh, on the trip, I pretty much, I did a couple thousand miles alone because mm. even when I was coming back, I cut through, I camped in Arizona um, on like between Flagstaff and Sedona. Okay. Um, stayed there for a night so I could fish a little trout stream that was there. Um, on my way back, I wanted to just hit everywhere I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, after I left Sedona, I I got that like, like oh, I've been gone for almost a month. Like I don't, I didn't necessarily need to be back. Yeah. But I started feeling like I needed to be back. So I went from. I think we also crave normalcy, though, right? Yeah. Well, I've, I've sleeping I've in my flew, own bed, and you know, like yeah, I went from Sedona, Arizona, to Amarillo, just straight shot. So just you, blasted through. <clears throat> would you say you, you just wish you had? I wish I would enjoyed the trip home a little more. Yeah, not I wish through. I would have stopped in New Mexico and camped up. Yeah, I wish I would have gone a little farther north and uh, stopped somewhere that I actually yeah. wanted to go and fish. Yeah, yeah, because it goes right back to what we were just talking about, right? When am I going to be there next? Well, and you sacrificed type two fun memories 
by being in that rush. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think as humans in general, we do that a lot. We forget to, uh, I mean, it's literally like a cliche, but like just in, enjoy the journey, enjoy the ride. Like yeah. don't rush to get there. It's about the trip, not the destination, yada, 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 yeah. you know? But I was trying hard to do that the whole time. Yeah. Even we spent an entire day just going through Yellowstone and mm-hmm. Jackson Hole. Yeah. Uh, we stopped and swam at Jenny Lake in Wyoming, which is just incredible. Like we're all getting in the water and I swam out maybe like a hundred yards or something like that. And I look down and I can still see the bottom. I can't tell how deep it is, but I can see the bottom. So it seems like it's closer than it is, but it was just, it was incredible. It was a beautiful, amazing trip. Like we'd spend some days where we'd only go like 130 miles. Mm -hmm. And you, uh, you got that camera. So we're yeah. we're gonna have to sit down and check those out. I'd like yeah. to see some of the pictures from your trip. Uh, I may even steal a few of them for like Instagram when we're advertising this episode or something like yeah. that. You're gonna see if I got some good ones. Yeah, yeah, we'll go through and look. Um, and then the last question I had is, um, do you think there were any lessons or life altering moments that happened on this trip that you're gonna carry with the rest of your life, and not just memories, but like you know lessons, like something that maybe reframed like sort of the fabric of who you are you know Um, were there any big moments because i think some of the biggest moments i've ever had in my life like reflection and like spiritually and things like that have been in the desert alone you know i don't know i spend a lot of time alone and i have for a long time because i I would do a lot of solitary stuff Mm. so it's kind of more that was more of just being able to relax yeah um it was, and it's okay to say such no. Such an amazing trip. Yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say certain things that I've kind of, I've thought about is I've always had this feeling all growing up of because we moved around a lot. I was born on a military base. Yeah, we moved safe. a lot growing up. Um, I always had that like want to be from somewhere instead mm. of like yeah from everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like where it's like my buddy Sam's wife. She's like fifth generation. Montana so yeah. it's like she's so a lot of her identity is wrapped up in and she, that, well you know? she's been there forever her family's been there forever and I'm like oh that'd be so cool to say that yeah like I, like my family's from somewhere kind of a deal yeah. but I have such itchy feet where I'm like yeah oh I've been here that. a little bit I got I think I supposedly this is um now it's considered politically incorrect and, and maybe even racist but I've always <laughs> called it like um, like having like a gypsy soul. You know what I mean? Yeah. Apparently gypsy Something is like, like not a good word to use anymore. Or being a rolling stone yeah, or a like rambler that, like, kind of a what's deal. It a, not a, it's not vagrant. It's not vagabond. What is it? There's like a, you know. Drifter? Just, yeah, like a, like a sojourner. Like you have a, oh, yeah, yeah. you know, like a, like a wandering spirit. Yeah. That wanderlust, you know, that, that desire. And some people are like that. And some people will spend two years in a state and they just pick up and leave like oh our lease is up we're gonna go check out connecticut you know (laughs) and that's one of those things where one thing i did think of is like wow i've changed a lot just as as i've grown up as you should as as a person you should be evolving and you should be growing but uh when i was up in montana i was like you know what if it was 10 years ago i just wouldn't go back home yeah i would just Just stay plant feet i would just stay in montana and I'm like, well, 
but I got all these responsibilities. Your I parents got are here. Your grandma's here, yeah. and we don't know how much longer grandma has. Yeah, you know, she's so. de- declining pretty quick. Right um, and also, um, you know, I think you could even maybe make a correlation to the fact that you don't go out of your way to make friends or have a lot of friends here, and that might be because, like, on a subconscious level, that's just one more thing tying you to an area. And I think when that's your hard. spirit wants to wander, you yeah. know, because you were married. You know, yeah. and that tied you to a spot, but your personality type is the kind of person that doesn't necessarily want to be tied to a spot. You want to be able to bounce around. You know what I mean? So there yeah. could even be that fear of like settling in Being or settling stuck. down. Yeah, yeah. Getting stuck. But I also think it's, um, it's important to distinguish the difference between exploring and running. And that is a huge thing that I was trying to think. I'm like, what am I trying to find? Yeah. And it's the, the all my family's in Texas. Mm-hmm. Like, well, major like all my immediate family, my sister and her family, my brother and his family, my aunt. Yeah. I've got my cousin, the like, family, my that parents, matters. my grandma. <laughs> like, yeah. I've yeah, got, yeah. Like, my, so my core family is in Texas. We're so all kind of spread out. You but, would say I'm from Texas or I'd set my feet in Texas, yeah. but it's still like deep down, it just doesn't feel that way, right? Like yeah. it feels like. There's more out there for me to explore. And you were saying, I was trying to, you were saying, you were trying to determine what am I looking for? Yeah. And that's, and one of those things too, where I realized I'm like, well, you can't plant roots if you don't plant them. Yeah. Like if you don't stay somewhere, you can't have that generational kind of like, this is where we're from. Mm -hmm. But you can't move a tattoo. (laughs) <laughs> you know, it'd be like, I think I'd rather have this on my left arm. Yeah, like when it's there, it's there. But, uh, you know, and I think the average, like, and it may be kind of a corny or cheesy answer, but I think most people would assume you were trying to find your, yourself, right? You know what I mean? Like, who am I? What do I stand for? What do I, where would I be willing or when or with whom would I be willing to settle down and plant roots and yeah. say, this is where I'm from? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, maybe you're... Your soul just hasn't figured that out yet. Yeah. And I think that, and that's why those trips can be so cathartic and eye-opening, you know, camping trips, motorcycle trips, because I think that's where, you know, when you're alone in the desert for a thousand miles, you ain't got nothing to examine but yourself and think about yourself and who you are and, you know. Yeah. And I think that's how it is. Like when I'm, when I'm out, like when I was out on the road, like I could have stayed out forever. Yeah. Like I could have just kept going. But it's like, it's funny because as soon as I crossed the border into Texas, as soon as I got into Amarillo, it was like, okay, I'm going straight home. <laughs> I was like, all right, I'm almost home. Yeah. And you were thankful to be there. Right? Yeah. You know, um, there's a book that I highly recommend. Uh, it's called Through Painted Deserts. Um, it is a, uh, technically, it would be considered like a Christian book. Um, mm-hmm. It's by an author named Donald Miller. He's the same guy that wrote Blue Like Jazz. Um, but it's about a summer of his life where, uh, he was much younger and, um, him and a friend had a job lined up, I think in Oregon or something like that. And they had a date that they needed to be there. So they got a van and just took off and it was about the summer that they had and a lot of the growth and spiritual developments that were happened you know in the desert you know what i mean and and out there in the middle of nowhere looking at the stars at night and realizing like you're that you're this big you know like every problem you've ever had like it's in the rear view mirror you know and it just feels microscopic you know so uh, i would recommend that book you should definitely check it out i think you could really relate to it now especially 
like after having taken that trip you know what i mean yeah um well cool uh yeah so that i mean that brings us to an hour and a half and we still got to do the little outro segment answer questions that kind of thing so you don't have any socials that i could plug to try to help your business since you have not officially started that business no yet. have not um your instagram is what is it c swans yeah c swans but it's s e a right yeah like the c yeah swans is there any like expl- or underscores or anything in there no i think it's just c swans okay um yeah c swans on instagram chad swanson <clears throat> all around good guy Chadwick Featherbottom. Uh, you got any parting words before we say the, we'll be right back? No, thanks for having me on. I appreciate thanks it. Thanks for coming. And we'll probably have to have you back on because we have so much more, you know, yeah. that we could talk about. Maybe next time we do, a, we'll plan another camping trip and then we'll come back and yeah. talk about it. We'll do a follow-up episode. Cool. All right. We are going to be right back. Hopefully, hopefully Nate's back. I don't know because <laughs> I can't record the outro without him. Um, so we'll be right back. Hang out. We're going to have an ad break. Chad, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate you. Hey, Josh here. Just a quick reminder, if you're enjoying the Iron Right Tattoo podcast, it really helps us to beat the algorithm with likes, comments, and shares. If you haven't subscribed already, please do that, and don't forget to hit that bell. And if you haven't already done so, please leave us a review. Thanks. I am back. Normally, at this point, I would say we are back, but in a first ever historic episode, historic outro episode of the Iron Right Tattoo Podcast, I am forced to do the outro segment alone. Nathan, Nathaniel, which he hates to be called, by the way, uh, texted me. So, right before we did Chad's interview for the podcast right before Nate got a call needed to take a change of clothes to his son's school no big deal so we said hey I'm just going to do the interview alone not a huge deal uh you'll be back by the time we're done with the interview we can record the outro segment together cool bada boom so he texted me probably 20 minutes ago he is in his son's school parking lot and his car will not start so and by the way his son's school is like 40 minutes from here. Um, But Monday mornings, that's the only time we have allotted to record podcast stuff. So it is one of those very much like the show must go on kind of things. You know what I mean? So uh, love Chad. We, we got to touch on 20% of, of the things that we could potentially talk about um, regarding our friendship and stuff like that. He's a really good dude, really good dude, really talented barber, um, and just salt of the earth, like one of those genuine people that you don't get in your life too often, you know what I mean? I can text or call him anytime, day or night, and say, hey, I have this project for the house that I'm working on, or I'm having a barbecue, or Cannon needs his haircut, whatever it might be, and he's just always there. Yeah, cool. What time do you need me to be there? Um, So, love Chad. 
That having been said, uh, fortunately, we're already at like an hour 40 for this episode. So um, I do have some questions here. I'm going to breeze through those questions because uh, I definitely – it's probably one of my favorite segments we do on the podcast is answering the questions. And I want to make sure y'all's questions get answered. So uh, I'm just going to do those alone. And then we will wrap this up. And by we, I mean me and you, the listener, because I'm alone right now. My wife wrote in and said, uh, milk, milk, lemonade, dot, 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 dot. Uh, yes. I know that's controversial, but yes. Marshall, uh, when is the Iron Right movie podcast dropping? I don't know if he means that we are going to make a movie based on the Iron Right Tattoo podcast, or if he's asking if we are going to do an episode that specifically just covers movies. Either way. Um, a movie episode could be cool for sure. Um, and the Iron Right Tattoo found footage horror movie is in progress right now, filming. Um, the critics are already buzzing. I think it's going to do really well at Cannes and maybe uh, South by. Um, what's your favorite Paul? Verhoeven movie other than Starship Troopers? That's a trick question because Starship Troopers is the best movie ever made. So there can't possibly be an answer to that question. Um, where do you store your maple syrup? Fridge or pantry? Pantry. We are pantry people. And we've actually discovered very recently that there's a lot of things that don't need to be refrigerated that we refrigerate. You know what I mean? A lot of things um, like hot sauces and things like that. You don't need to refrigerate those. Those are just fine. They're, they're shelf-stable, you know? They're shelf-stable. Think about every Mexican restaurant you've ever been to. Where's all the hot sauce? Sitting out on the table all day for days on end. And you know what? It's just fine. It's just fine. Same with maple syrup. It doesn't need it, you know? You wouldn't put, uh, I don't know, maybe it's like because it's a liquid. Maybe that's why people think, you know? I don't know. I don't really know any, like, Canadians that I could ask. Pablo Holland Tattoos uh, asks, do you know karate? <sighs> That's a loaded question. You know what I mean? Because, uh, well, I've never been classically trained in karate. I've seen Karate Kid quite a few times. Um, I know all the moves that I learned from that scene in uh, Jingle All the Way where Arnold Schwarzenegger is like pretending to do karate for his son. So I would say, I think the, the term expert might be a little braggadocious, but um, if me and Jet Li were to put on the same clothing and like a mask to hide our faces, I think you would struggle to figure out who's who. So, uh, you know, you could say, yeah, yeah, I know karate. This has been a weird episode. 
I really appreciate everyone who has stuck around to the end. Started off weird. We had technical difficulties. Nate having to leave halfway through the episode. Me having to do the outro on my own. I hope it has been an entertaining episode, regardless of the fact that it has been a really weird one. On that note, peace.